nice to be on here with you guys. It was great to catch the last little bit of the summit. This has been fantastic. So well, thanks for having us. I love it. Yeah, so great. It's just so neat to be able to meet all these other people that I haven't met yet. So great to meet you guys. Um, and yeah, we'll be stalking all of your social medias. So just I know, know that I, we're I after like her of words. I'm, just, I'm, looking at her, I'm looking at her hand. I'm like, like her of words. I love that. That's great. Awesome. Hey. All right. Well, we're going to hop back and let you all do your thing. And um, we'll see you in a bit. All right. Thank you. Hey, Krista. Hey, Emily. <laughs> so great to see you. So yeah. um, for everybody else who's watching, hi, I'm Krista Lynn and I'm Emily Dexter. And, and we, we are, are the <laughs> we are the hosts of the Alchemist Inkwell podcast, which is a spiritual podcast for grounded people. And we love to really bring in spiritual concepts, apply them to everyday life, and also really talk books and how the archetypes of story is so magical. So we bring in a lot of that into our daily or actually weekly podcasts. And uh, today we're going to do just like a mini preview podcast episode so everybody can see kind of how we roll. Yeah. So a little bit of background on the both of us. I am both a professional psychic and bestselling author. We write, we have a program where we work together to help people write their fiction books in alignment with their astrological divine timing and channeling in their characters um, psychically. And Krista, I'll let you introduce you and all of your amazing background. <laughs> Thank you. So my main thing is that I uh, do professional astrology work and astrology is my love language. It is the thing that I just cannot stop talking about. And I also have over 15 certifications in various energy works, psychic uh, experience, mediumship, all of those things as well. So we make this really great holistic approach towards spirituality, towards books, which we've both been publishing, what, for 20 years? A really long time. Okay. <laughs> I think combined, we probably have like a combined like 30 yeah. some years in the publishing industry, which is really a lot. <laughs> spirituality to make it a healing modality using fiction stories, which is really, really fun. And we also throw in the divine timing and the spirit guides and the psychic activations, which Emily is incredible with. So. Oh, thank you. So what we did essentially for this episode, and this is not typically how we run our episodes, but we thought this would be a great way to get you guys familiar with the show and also give you guys some really awesome information is that we asked on our various social media channels, um, what questions our followers, the listeners of the show were interested in actually having us answer live. And we got a lot of questions. So I first want to preface that if anyone is watching this or if you're listening to the recording of this and your question doesn't get answered, we literally only have time to do about five here, maybe. Um, but we got like 250. So we're apologizing in advance if we don't get to your question, but we will still answer those in other episodes of the show or maybe on our social media channels. Also, as we read the question, I am going to try to say the handles of the people who asked them um, and I'm going to royally butcher them. So we're just going to be really honest right up front. Not going to go well, but I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> we see you. We just don't know how to pronounce the name. <laughs> exactly. You are you're valid. We just can't say it. Um, Krista, which question would you like to start with? And then I can read verbatim the way it was asked. So there was a question about tuning into animals. And I think it's just such a great starting point because how warm and fuzzy quite literally is that? Exactly. Okay. I'm super down for that. So this question was asked, oh, I can pronounce this because the handle is M46S. 
Awesome. There we go. M46S asked this question and it is essentially when my dog feels sick, I wish so badly we could communicate. What is a good way to tune into our pups? Uh, Krista and I are both massive animal lovers and animal communication. I know is a deep passion of both of us and we have a lot of experience in it, but I'm going to let Krista start because she actually runs a dog friendly coffee shop yeah. and has two corgis. So I feel like she should go into that zone first. <laughs> yeah. and my husband would know all about just naturally, almost unconsciously communicating with especially dogs. He's a master at that. But personally, when I work with animals, especially my dogs, uh, I got practice doing it when my corgi was very little, Jack Jack. I have two of them now. There's Jack and Zelda. But when Jack was very little, he would run off into the woods. And my parents have 18 acres of woods. And I would just freak out after about 20 minutes thinking he was never going to come back. He always did. But I wanted to learn how to kind of communicate that this is the time to come back now, I'm getting worried. And through trial and error, I found personally that communicating by feelings and images was a lot more universal. And so I would end up kind of almost remote viewing through Jack's eyes to see what direction he was in. And when I felt like I had that connection, I would use this to test myself, send an image of the house and snacks to Jack and say in my head to him, the come Jack, which was his command. And sure enough, from the direction that I had found him, he would come running and expect treats. The treats was not the surprising part, but the direction helped me confirm that this form of communication really helps. And just knowing that it's, it's like a connection from the heart to the heart, mm -hmm. rather than trying to think in a logical sense, because that's kind of where the animals are coming from. They're little spirit guides and I love them. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. Um, definitely speaking heart to heart, using familiar and emotionally charged images, feelings, words, and sending those to your pet or to your animal that you're working with can be really beneficial. I, I've ridden horses since I was itty bitty and I spent many years as a horseback trail guide in Lake Tahoe where I live. And it's nothing will demonstrate clearer the power of your emotional feelings to move an animal than working with large livestock in any capacity. And that goes for our actual pets as well, too. Now, keep in mind, animals have free will. They don't have to listen to the communication that you're sending and everything does take practice. So the best thing I can recommend is basically what Krista said, send feelings, send images or sounds that mean a lot. Um, and it's also important for you to understand the way that you naturally sense and pick up energy, because that's going to be the way that you're most fluently going to communicate energetically with another being is to use your energetic sense to do that. So if you're really good with physical touch and you want to communicate that way, if you can touch them and then send a feeling, that can be really beneficial. Or if you really like images, attach an image to the feeling you want, attach an image to the command you're giving, whatever it is, um, to the pet. To figure out what is wrong, just to touch a little bit more on the question about the sickness too, yeah. that is very similar to the way that you would do a body scan on a person. And obviously we have limited time here, so we can't fully dive into that concept. But if you touch them, just go with what you sense first, what you feel, and then ask for continued validation from your guides, from the pet, whoever it is that you want to work with to validate that what you're picking up on is in fact accurate for what the pet is feeling or going through. Mm -hmm. And if you do have any um, practice with energy healing modalities, I know I used to use, um, at first I had a dog that I would use Reiki with the dog and that, that could go either way because it was such a neutral this or that. But when I learned some other modalities, um, IET, integrated energy therapy being my favorite in that respect, it really did help me to be able to zone in on what was going on. And you can ask them and they will give you symbols and, and feelings just the way you would give them to them. It's a two-way thing. And building trust is going to make it all the better. The better you treat the animal, the more trust they have for you the easily more easily they'll probably communicate 
The other thing I always like to leverage, and again, we always kind of sit back with uh, fiction books being healing modalities. So to highlight how fiction books can help you with this, think about your examples where people have a deep communication or a deep bond with an animal in a fiction book and the techniques they use to communicate and then genuinely try them. You'll be surprised at how well this works. And I know it sounds like it's a little bit in the fantasy world because it is. And that's kind of the point. Um, <laughs> but like, for example, the way Aragon talks to uh, Sephira that kind of energy, the way that it's thoughts and feelings coming through before it's ever words, the way he kind of understands where they are. You'll notice you have similar things like that with your pet. So if you leverage their ways of communication, you're going to get a lot of clarity in those spaces, which is super fun. Like using that tool, using a book of fantasy world as a tool is so viable and real and energetic reality that yeah. makes it a lot more fun as far as communication goes. Yeah. And it gets you in a mindset of believing it's possible. And that is going to get you through 90% of anything that was preventing it in the first place because the doubts will be removed. Yeah. And the more you grow as a person, the more your ability to use your psychic abilities and therefore communicate with your pet, et cetera, is going to expand. But this is a great question to start us off on. Yeah. yeah. Like super fantastic. So where do we want to go next with our kind of questions in our space? So do we want to dive into the astrology of twins question? I want to make sure that <laughs> that I address yes. it. I did some extra research on this and then worked really hard to be able to consolidate it. So <laughs> yeah, so we got a bunch of questions about astrology. And this was one that we were like, Oh, we actually have never talked about that. I am not an astrologer. Krista is both a world renowned astrologer and astrological ma magician. She's incredible. So I'm going to read the question and she's mostly going to talk because I don't really know what to say here. But it's still really valuable. And I'm also very intrigued about how she answers it. So this question is from Alaya. I think, underscore T. Again, I apologize um, if I got that wrong. But it says, I am an identical twin. Our astrological birth, char birth charts are extremely similar, though we are two completely different people. How does this work? Which is such a good question. And there's so many elements to birth charts and astrology that are so much bigger than just like, I'm a Gemini. That's your sun sign. There's so many different things there. So Krista, please Tell us about ast astrological birth twin chart situations. It would be my honor. Uh, <laughs> all, this is not an uncommon question, and it is literally an age-old question. It goes back at least 2,000 years. I did some research today and found even Cicero was asking this question a very long time ago. So fortunately, that's given us a lot of time to investigate this. And to put it in the like primary and simplest terms, a couple minutes can make a difference primarily in your ascending sign or degree. So for instance, I had a niece born over the summer and she was born in the first minute of Leo rising. Had she been born a minute before, she would be a completely different rising sign, which would have turned her entire chart into a, a different setup. So your rising sign sets up the tone for your entire chart. It is that number one place and in fact decides the first house in your chart. Everything else falls in sequence after that. And the houses show the areas of life. Planets are in the houses, signs are in the houses. And so I like to think about it as a pizza, right? You have the circle, which is the pizza pie, the dough. The sauce goes on top. We'll call that the signs being distributed into 12 slices, the houses. And the toppings would be where the planets fall. Some toppings are more heavier concentrated in one area. Some may just be a plain cheese slice, and that's okay. Um, for the instance of twins, it really comes down to several schools of thought. And I'm going to keep it very brief because we are in this brief episode. Um, but one degree can change a lot of predictive technique things. So if you have one degree of difference in your ascendant, 
that can change a lot of things regarding progressions. It can change um, if your ascendant changes, time lord techniques change as well. And so then you have the idea of what really does a person need to be? How similar or how different do you have to be in order to feel like you're an individual or in order to feel like you're identical? So in this case, we are coming to understand, especially psychologically and very much as depth psychology really supports um, the predictive techniques of astrology and even the expressions of astrology tend to be very archetypal, which is why story is such a great way to translate astrology, because you have genres of story, you have archetypes of characters. They do a lot of similar things, but they do it differently. Richard Tarnas calls this uh, concrete diversity. It's having a lot of the same inclinations or same basic traits, but you exercise them in different ways based on the people you run into, which will trigger different uh, synastries for you, the different transits, which could change by location for how that affects you. Another really digging deep way, I actually looked at some twins to really get a challenge on this. I looked at the Scott brothers from HGTV because they were born only five minutes apart. And so their ascendant changed just less than a degree, but that degree moved the ascending degree into a new term because you can actually break houses and signs down into smaller pieces there. So we can drill down and find that individuality and that diversity in many ways. And of course, the world is going to challenge you in different ways and you will grow that whole nature versus nurture kind of aspect. So I hope that that was a very brief but helpful way of explaining some options for how we look at that kind of situation. Yeah, it's always so interesting to hear Krista talk about birth charts because I, again, I, it's way out of my depth in so many ways, but she always calls it like your stamp of approval for being you, which means that it is, you can find all the elements of you, of who you are, of what you believe in, what you do, how you feel aligned, even how your day is going today, it's mm -hmm. all going to be in there. And to see that proof time and time again is so rewarding. And I think it's so fascinating that just little things can still, how we show up as people changes drastically and we can still find that evidence in our chart, even if it's only you're born two minutes apart from someone in the same hospital on the same day. <laughs> yeah, I actually um, have been interested in twins my whole life. And I was one of the people who was like a big fan of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen growing up. So I happen to know from memory that they're only two minutes apart, but they're very different people. And you can imagine that that shows up in in their uh, their astrology as well. There are ways to find that. That's so cool. <laughs> I was also a huge fan, so I totally get it. <laughs> so the next question that we have, um, and this, I can pronounce this handle too. Yay. I'm excited about that. It's happiness brewing. <laughs> That's easy to, to pronounce. The handle is happiness brewing. And the question is, why does, why is it that sometimes my psychic abilities are strong and other times they do not seem to be working at all? Mm. And I kind of feel like that builds off of your last answer a little bit. <laughs> I can see, you know, from an astrological perspective, how the transits may be in a place mm -hmm. that day. Like, what if the moon is in your fourth house and it's just a time that you need to rest? Or if the moon is in um, your sixth house and you're supposed to be working more actively. So you have more of an energy at that point of outward work or external work mm -hmm. as compared to if the moon were in Pisces or in its uh, natural place in your chart, there are very many things that we could look at, look at for when 
the ebb and flow of your intuition may come around the yeah. moon being the fastest mover. So the primary thing that I would look at first for that day, but other transits transits may come in as well. We've just been experiencing a lot of uh, Mercury Neptune this week. So it's been a lot of either brain fog or highly intuitive. And so you may be experiencing that kind of thing in your own personal transits. Yeah. And on a, if, uh, branching away from astrology, but just talking about an energy sensing space as well. Um, in those capacities, it could be a various myriad of different things. You might have a block that's triggering up because it's something that you're healing through. Your energy might just be really depleted. You might have been sacrificing a lot of your energy throughout the week. And right now is not the right time for you to tune in. You might be trying to pay attention to a sense that isn't necessarily yours that you're aligned with. For example, if you have a lot of claircognizance where you just know stuff, but you're really trying to force clairvoyance where you can see images, that might lead to you feeling like it's not working. And genuinely the block that, oh my gosh, my abilities aren't working right now or they could be taken away at any moment that in and of itself is a block and most time when when people say they're unstable or i some days they don't work and some days they do i'll look at that block first as something we can pull and release to help you heal through to experience things more concretely the other thing i just want to say on that note though because this is always the number one fear that people get when i I'm, i work as a psychic mentor for people as well and the number one thing is always like well if i open them i'm never going to be able to shut them off again no, that is completely inaccurate. You are in charge of the switch, which goes both ways. You can turn them on and turn them off. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're ever feeling like, why is it not working today? There's a whole muffin basket of reasons why that could or could not be working, etc. But always examine first, well, why am I trying to tune in? Am I actually doing it in my alignment? And do I just need to turn it on for a second and actually have that time to experience my abilities in the way that they need to show up? Yeah. And branching off of that, even when I've found when my abilities don't show up or someone will ask me a question and I get nothing like it's just crickets in there. I've come to understand that that's not my question to answer. And sometimes mm -hmm. you're able to serve someone and show up for someone when really their guides want them to listen. They want to connect more directly. When I used to um, give readings, I owned a holistic shop for a while. And I always said, my goal is you won't need me anymore after a while, like you won't have to keep coming back because I want to enable you to connect with the divine in your perfect way, which is Emily, kind of what you do with your mentoring and with all the block pulling you do in your readings. And so sometimes the person asking for intuition is supposed to be listening themselves. So you get removed from the equation or sometimes, you know, it's not something that you need to be playing a role in. So even though you want to be put in and you're like, coach, put me in the game, it's your time to be sitting on the bench and watching and observing and even learning a lot of the time. Sometimes when I talk to my guides, because again, I'm very psychic with that aspect. I can talk to them very easily. Usually they answer, but sometimes they will literally just be like, oh, that sounds like a problem, doesn't it? And mm -hmm. they like nothing. And that's the other thing is maybe you're learning something different. Maybe you need to tune in in a different capacity. Like maybe you don't really know everything that's going on. So the biggest thing with that is always to do whatever makes you feel the most comfortable. And if you're having fun, the chances are good. Your intuition is going to be on point on point, your abilities are going to be open and flowing. Um, and so if you're sitting in that alignment and in that fun and in that joy, that is the easiest way to turn them back on, to flip that switch back to a space where you're going to feel more intuitive. Um, the one thing I always recommend, if you're feeling like stuff is blocked, do not force it <laughs> ever. Please don't. It's never going to work the way you want it to. Do not be like, well, I just need to meditate and sit there and try to force it all to come through. That is going actively against your alignment and actively against the natural flow of all of our energy. So it's more about doing something that helps you feel aligned, going outside, 
whatever it is drawing as opposed to like let me try to make this work mm -hmm. often it's just a matter of refilling your cup yes whatever energy that is it's just like you wouldn't overwork a muscle just because you couldn't lift as much as you wanted to that day you mm -hmm. gradually build it up and if you need to take a rest day you take a rest day yeah so it is Absolutely. a very much as within so without kind of concept yes all right, let's dive into the next question. The reason I just got like, oh, is this username is not easy to pronounce. So I 100% cursed myself. Okay, here we go. We got Yasminded303. I don't know if I got that right, but I apologize if I failed. Um, and this one is about time, which is one of our favorite things to talk about because time moves very differently in other dimensions and different spiritual spaces and higher vibrations in different planes, you name it. So how does the spirit world perceive time? Do they understand it? How do they work with it? It is so hard to wrap my human brain around. And honestly, it's uh, the answer is not super simple because they do not perceive time the way we perceive time. And they hardly respect it. <laughs> they really don't. Um, and that goes for like our higher selves, too. That goes for different planes of existence. That goes for different dimensional stuff. That goes for you know, extra dimensional planets. All of those different things. And time only works the way it works here the way it works here. Mm -hmm. And there's different scientific things you can even look at, like light years and stuff. Like we are viewing time differently when we look at the stars in and of itself. So that level of construct around time, which I know can be really staggering. But yeah, you, I'm sure you have stories to emphasize that, but time moves very, very differently. And they do not conceptualize it the same way we do. And they get frustrated at our limited con conception of what time is. <laughs> I, I, In my experience, I usually get the blank face and it's like, a, they what? You need a what? Because uh, two stories that I have come from uh, trips that I was able to take only a month apart from each other just before 2020. Go figure. Uh, they ended up very being very activating, you can mm -hmm. imagine. But um, at one point in Israel and at another point in a pyramid of Egypt, I ran into these uh, beings and I was talking to them about like, how long have you been here? Who have you been talking to? And at one point, uh, people, the the people, sorry, the beings would say like, oh, I've, I've always been here. I'm here now. I'm like, it's, it's all the same. So a moment is everything. And in fact, I believe theory of relativity actually speaks to that as yeah. well. That light actually exists outside of time anyway. And if we consider light to be something that is a little bit more um, what we can see from the higher planes or other dimensions, then it exists outside of time, light beings and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So for them, it was sort of, well, what do you mean? What's time? And, and there have been times where I'll say, I need an answer to my guides. Like, guys, I need an answer by tomorrow. And they're just like, what does that mean? What's tomorrow? Like you, you'll have, you have the answer. You just haven't heard the answer yet, but it's there. And so bridging that gap between the fact that it does exist, but then that I have to get to it or they have to help me bridge that is, is usually pretty comical. So mm -hmm. for them, it's like everything is all at once. And it's just a matter of where you are in the timeline. I love Doctor Who for this. Speaking of stories, yeah. it is really wobbly, timey-wimey. It's not linear. It's just all at once. And whatever you happen to be picking off the buffet at that point is what you're experiencing. So that's yeah. kind of how I've experienced it. But what about you, Emily? The easiest way to wrap your mind around it is to not think about it. Like if I'm going to be 100% honest, like it's one of those concepts in spirituality that can be delved into so, so, so deeply and through so many different channels and avenues, like go with whatever makes you feel the most comfortable as long as you're still connecting in the way that you want to. You don't need to understand how they perceive time because you're not doing stuff to help them. They're tuning in to 
you. So they kind of have more of an emphasis on how to understand how to work with you since you're the one reaching out. They're trying to help you, whatever, navigating. Um, so that's always my biggest suggestion. Uh, they definitely don't understand time the same way. They can. They have the capacity to do so once you explain it extensively for your guides and those kind of things. But anyone who's ever worked with like paranormal stuff or channels ghosts or is a medium will tell you like most of the time after people have passed, if you channel them in uh, like actively, which happens quite often for both of us, um, they have no idea how long it's been. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, I've been around. I'm watching you still. I still care. Um, but they don't they don't have the concept of that and that's fine. They don't need to, or, you know, again, ghosts oftentimes don't know how long they've been passed, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so no, time does not move the same. <laughs> not at all. Not in the slightest. Um, and they definitely don't conceptualize it in the same way. Um, I think our final question before we wrap up here and get to tell you guys how you can continue to listen to the show is really fun. It's again, kind of an astrology based one um, that we can both talk about energetically as well, but is, and this one is from, Lori, Lori Skies Roper. I think that's her yes. handle or their handle. Um, right. And it says, how does one find comfort during a Saturn return? Oh, so Saturn return <laughs> is <laughs> such a vicious question. Everyone. I only just got out of mine. Emily, I know you're in yours right now and handling it super gracefully. So Emily is a great example of how to handle it well. Um, because I've been watching and I've been like supporting as much as I can and cheering her on this whole time. But how to handle a Saturn return is to know that you are in a time where a lot of your life is being deconstructed so that it can be rebuilt fresh. So when something appears to be falling apart, know that that is creating space. I kind of like to think about it as like a Jenga tower. If the tower was not going to support you, I would rather it fall apart before I'm trying to stand on it. So mm -hmm. anything that is going to support you will probably get reinforced. It's not always all bad. Some people get a lot of support and it's not necessarily always that you didn't do enough up until that point. I've heard that one a lot. Like, oh, I must not have done a good enough job setting myself up for success in the first 27 years of my life. And now it's all falling apart. A, sometimes it's really cool to get a fresh start. I did, I completely pivoted. I did a lot of great stuff that set me up for something, but my vision was too narrow for what I ended up doing. And I've worked with some very influential individuals who, uh, when this individual was going through their Saturn return, they wanted me to do their chart. And I was honored. And I said, this is coming up, be aware of this kind of stuff. And they said, I've, I'm super spiritual though, like literally a student of Deepak Chopra. So lots of time put in, lots of wisdom gleaned, but they said, you know, I've done spiritual work. I'm sure I'll be fine. And it's like, they, they believed they could get a pass. And sure enough, right around their side of return, I watched their social media and they took a pivot and went from one focus to another, but it was so empowering for them mm -hmm. because they got to open up a new aspect of themselves, step into that rite of passage, that coming of age moment. So this is your training montage in your story. Certainly not the end of everything, but it is that invitation to adventure that happens in a story. And it's, yeah, well, all I was going to say is it was always going to happen, which means you're fully equipped to go through it. Like it was always going to be, ha it was always going to happen. You were always aligned to do this. This was in your highest and best. And so that doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to find comfort because a lot of times are, we grow out of discomfort. So unfortunately, there's nothing where I'm going to say, here's how you can find the best way of comforting other than knowing it's going to end. You're always meant to go through it and focusing on things like manifestation, especially when it comes to like energetic manifestations So focus on energies you want to call into your life, mm -hmm. um, whether that is energies of what it would feel like to be in a new home or energies of where you want to go in your career or even 
just looking back at the energies of who you were before versus who you are now and establishing what you still want to take going forward. Those are the best ways to, I think, find some comfort in that space. One final note is this is your life. So feel it. Let mm-hmm. yourself feel it. Don't try to avoid it because it's you're actually cheating yourself out of having this amazing life-changing experience mm-hmm. by trying to avoid the feeling. And this is true throughout life. But I remember during my Saturn return, I felt like, and look where I am now, by the way, but I felt like I had to allow myself to give up my writing career, my mm-hmm. my novel writing career. And I remember taking a weekend and saying to my husband, I'm just going to be sad this weekend. I need to mourn the loss of this thing I've worked my entire life for that I am now deciding to release. And I was very sad, but it, it moved that block, that limiting view out of my way so that I could do a lot more with a lot more support and a lot more of my skills that I hadn't been appreciating up until that point. Yeah. So just know there will be a tomorrow. There will be something beyond this. And right now, your only job is to let yourself honor your feelings. And that's okay. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for tuning into this little mini episode. Thank you so much for to the Windy Women's Indie Podcast uh, United Summit for having us on. It's been really absolutely wonderful uh, and super duper fun to get to be here. If you guys want to listen to our show, we are all on, we are on all podcast platforms. Again, our show is called The Alchemist's Inkwell. Um, you can also find us on various social channels, Instagram, YouTube, under uh, our handle on Instagram is actually the forgotten storytellers. And then on YouTube, it is the alchemist Inkwell, um, where you can watch most of our episodes live, but we do premiere a new episode every week. We have some fun guests. Um, but mostly we give you kind of an astrological and energetic outlook for the week ahead to help you be the most prepared that you can and navigate all of these crazy woo woo spiritual stuff in a way that is grounded and aligned with you. So Krista, do you have any other final thoughts before we sign off here? Well, I know just really grateful that everybody's here. Grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for, uh, this, this chance to be a part of this event to the uh, Women's Indie Podcast United. I have to say it really fast and then I get it right. (laughs) Also, guys, we do post individually, mostly um, on our social channels. So definitely follow Emily at Liker of Words. I'm at The Real Crystalline and uh, we have a really good time collaborating and doing individual things. And we are here for you in all the various ways. And uh, should we try to end it the way we end the podcast? Oh man, I don't know if we can line it up. I don't think we should, but I'm just going to sign it off by saying like, you guys are all very magical and we're really excited to be here and we're super excited to continue to, (laughs) yeah, listen to the episodes. And we're excited to see who else is talking um, this evening. And this is a really fun summit. So yeah, that's where we're at. Wow. Thank you, ladies. You've really brought it. I mean, I just think everything was so fascinating. Wonderful questions from your audience. Thank you to your audience for bringing those questions so that we could all discover those answers and things. The pet one, you know, had me already in chills at the very beginning. So uh, I just, it's, it's so incredible. And what a neat way to be able to help the community and help people by you know, showing them how to have that inner strength, mm-hmm. that inner uh, look within to know really what's best for you. So just a wonderful time tonight. Thank well, you. Well, this afternoon work. tonight somewhere, you know, I'm on the <laughs> West Coast, so it's a little afternoon still for me, but... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you so much. It's definitely our goal to make everything as accessible as possible. So that's, mm-hmm. that's what we... 
Yeah. So you need to reach out to them, like, um, you know, find all your astrological and spiritual needs, it sounds like to be met. So check out their podcast and all of your socials and everything. Thank you guys so much for being here.